Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the family in Car Selling Secrets with... Doug Sprinthal. Bob Kroll, and he didn't tell me a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Bernard Rasmussen. I see how this is going to go. Co-host, Catherine Brandt. Tom Ryan. Andy Brandt-Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. We're going to find out how I don't get shot going downtown Minneapolis in the future. <laughs> it's exactly opposite it's what I told be, you. No, I meant by the police. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Whoa. No, I'm very yeah, We'll be right back. Off. Kick things off. Here's Dougie. No, it's a pre-recorded. That's oh, what I'm saying. Here. Here's Dougie. No, we do Bradshaw no. and Brian. Yeah. We don't oh, we do, do that. Oh, I thought you did him first and then Brad. You are the worst <laughs> co-host ever. <laughs> 35 he years in radio, and you just F the 40 just, every week. He just radio. throws his headphones down. Play the commercial. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive yeah, is car selling secrets. Oh car selling secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, baby. Mom claimed that Alex and I both had whooping cough when we were kids. It was croup. It was croup. Croup, whoop, it all sounds the same to me. Okay, we have a fir- the first of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Doug already told me to shut up. So. No, I did not. <laughs> Why don't you introduce our guest? You know well, him very Bob, well. how long ago did we meet? Got a long I was time. new on the union board, so it's got to be about 23, 23, 23 years, 24 God. years. Yeah. I, I've always had such a great time with the whole thing. We had a very quick explanation for new listeners. I grew up in a family that had cops and criminals in it, which, as you find out, <laughs> is rather common. <laughs> you know, it really is. Uh, the old neighborhood and stuff. Uh, there was a very key figure back about 23 years ago. I was talking to him, you know, and, and his brother couldn't stay out of jail. And he was one, he was a big shot cop, and his brother could not stay out of prison. Wow. It's just how, I mean, it's kind of how it, what, how it is. So do you go out to Stillwater a lot, Bob? Or? Uh, no, well, no, Bob. my mom, I'm the last of six, and she said that the worst one that I raised became the cop. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's kind of a tradition before yeah, we start exactly. the interview. We always have our guests tell the story about the first car that they ever owned. Ooh, like and it. if it's a boring story, just lie and make something. No, it's uh, now owned because according to my older brother, my mom and dad gave me a 69 Buick LeSabre, but if that's not true, and he's my 
my favorite. And my mom even says it's not true. He used it from time to time. My first car I owned, I just got out of the Army basic training in MP school, and I bought a, a four-door uh, two-tone blue 78 Plymouth Horizon. So you <laughs> were what I could afford on the you were trying, <laughs> you were trying, right. you were trying to retain your virginity Wow. It was way late for that, Doug. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so is it too early to ask if I can form a death squad? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I just... Uh, Bob, I tell a story quite often, living on, on Plymouth Avenue, growing up as a kid. I'm, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. I would leave Bryant and Plymouth, which is, we lived at 914 14th Avenue North, and I would walk downtown to go see a movie. At ten years old, I'd walk downtown, go to the movie, and walk back home. And the movie was a quarter, by the way. So, oh what does that tell you? Old Nobody ever bothered <laughs> me. Ever. No did, one did ever even the piano thought. player. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. No, I nobody I was never bothered. Not one time walking downtown, walking on Hennepin Avenue, walking down Plymouth Avenue. No one ever bothered me because the parents in my neighborhood would never have allowed it. And that was black kids, white kids, Mexican kids. It was all of us. We were all in it together. Nobody ever battled. I went to St. Joseph's. No, no. I think I saw one fight where Benny Crushon got hit in the back of the head with a baseball bat. So it was a pretty severe fight. But, you know, <clears throat> it was one of those deals. Yeah, you saw um, more domestic violence than anything else. A lot of domestic violence, yeah. There was a lot of that back in the old days. But, but Bob, I tell you, honestly, I really, really miss... That neighborhood. I grew up in supposedly the worst neighborhood in the state of Minnesota, but I just loved it. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, when I'd be out on, a say, a Sunday morning, I'd sit out in the front step because I'd wake up a little early, and then all the hookers and strippers would come home with their mascara running from crying, and like, oh, God, is that depressing. It was incredibly depressing. Ah, the good old days. It was, though, I learned. That uh, that hits complete home because very similar to you, I grew up in the east side of St. Paul. Oh, and right yeah, now yeah. in St. Paul, that's where we're having all the trouble. And in fact, just last night, my sister texted me saying they had a a uh, party at Ob's Bar for. And now yeah, my sister sure. is is sixty in her sixties, and uh, there's a party there for one of the ladies, and the couple walked out and they got robbed in the parking lot of Ob's oh, Bar. And so right away I text oh. back, oh, that pisses me off when it's in our backyard because yeah. I would love to walk out when that happened. They, you know, they feigned that they had a gun. They didn't. And, you know, they gave over their stuff and took off. But now if you're don't, not familiar with Ob, that's the St. Paul cop hangout. They eat there on duty right. or off duty. So right, right. In, the, mm. in our backyard and literally right where we grew up because it was, a, it was the same thing for us on the east side. To see it happen there, to see it happen in Minneapolis, for those of us that love the neighborhoods like you and I that we grew up in, it's tough to see. I've got an east side story for you. This is back early 90s. I'm playing at the Mounds Park Lounge. (laughs) This is where the professional alcoholics in. There were no beginners in there. In the middle of the second set, I look up, and a guy had just passed out, fallen backwards out of his bar stool, and it was a stand-up Franks. Died. Yeah, baby. The guy died right there. Oh. He died? So we stopped playing, and the bartender says, what the F are you doing? Start playing. It's like, 
the guy just he's dead. <laughs> yeah, can we have a Keep moment playing, of silence baby. for him, right? baby? My, my brother was in that bar one night, and he told me he saw another guy making the guy dance, shooting at his feet with a gun. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> what? You know, why don't I have fun like that anymore? <laughs> well, playing a band. Eddie, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, playing a band. Yeah. I can wow, get that going. That'd be, that'd be a nice touch right there. Incredible. But the difference today, I think, is I was down in Nashville doing some work, and I was Love talking. And, uh, me too. And I was oh. talking in front of a group, and we somehow gun control stuff came up. And I said, how many of you have firearms? 80% had them in their car. Mm-hmm. The, nobody had firearms when we were. I mean, no. you just didn't worry about getting no. shot. Now you drive. You know, I'm driving back to the hotel. Someone cuts me off. I'm like, you know, thinking I'm going to get okay. shot if I do anything. And today it's a different world. You just assume people are packing. You got right. it. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. all true. That's scary. Too it's often not the right scary. people packing. You know, I, we're the cops are ba- they're they're for responsible citizens having concealed carry permits, um, but because there's so many other guns out there, and uh, we are our, the, the police opinion is the only person that's going to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Um, that's kind of our <clears> philosophy. Everybody which thinks is a fact. Do the cops want gun control? No, they just want the right people to have them. I know, but you look at this. Uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, when they had the shooting, it took mm-hmm. a month and all the assault rifles were gone. Yeah. yeah. But what's weird is so many more people get killed with handguns in the inner city that, than. Oh, yeah. Even, it, well, it's the mass bad. shootings that people would like to see stop. Most like of those are handguns, stop. too. You know, I mean, yeah, most of those are handguns, too, actually. Not in the school shootings and stuff. Oh, yeah. They are? The yeah. last one was handguns a handgun. Handguns are much easier yeah. to hide. Santa Clarita. They're easier to maneuver indoors. The only reason to use a rifle is if you're shooting long distance, which in a school shooting, you're probably not. So, Do you think true. part of that is... is uh, schools and parenting has changed so much now. And the reason I ask you that question is because I have a uh, permit to carry. I have many times in my life. We I own six handguns. But I found. Fu- <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that. Oh. See, they're easy you to conceal. You might want the best. I know. They're too. really easy to conceal from you, apparently. Oh. Oh. No, but I found out, and I did not know this, but a <laughs> listener to the KQ Morning Show told me, and and, and I, apparently it's true, that since I'm on medical THC to sleep. I cannot carry a gun anymore. I didn't know that. Is that true in Minneapolis? I would really? say, uh, apparently it is. Yeah. I mean, huh. I I don't. That's that's the tough well, the tough part with the THC laws. It is. is yeah. What you know? When can you drive? When can you carry? Right. Um, but and, you can drink. Yeah, you, you can know, drink you, all you, you want. Yeah, you, you can't drink. You can't Look drink no further than Philando Castile, and that yeah, one yeah. did drink. Right. Everybody carry though, can you? Said no. Right. No. So correct. you can't drink and carry. Well, it's illegal. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Well, but, you can't be drunk and carry, but you can like drink while still having a concealed carry license. Point right. Yeah. Right. But That's you can't. You just can't have a lower limit, you know. And then the police, if you have them, it's much even lower. It's even lower than that. Sure. Yeah. By policy. I would hope so. Yeah. It changes. But uh, no, but Castile had the, he he was high, but he had the permit, which invalidates the permit. So right, it does, yeah. yeah. Ah. But see, for so for me, my whole life, if I carried a gun, nobody would ever know. They'd never know if I was carrying a gun or not. But I don't because it's against the law. It's not about somebody finding out if I'm breaking the law. It's against the law. Don't do it. Well, why is that so hard? The law aren't really the problem. I don't know why it's so hard. My mother taught me. You'll obey the law, and that's just how it is. I got the laws of the house and the laws out there. You will obey the law, I, right from my mother, and I to this day. Because you know, when I take TAC to sleep, I don't get high. I just go to sleep. 
So it's not like I get high on THC and they go, oh, I got to go to bed. I just go to sleep. Right. And so you it would wake really, up and it's out of, you don't feel the effects. So I don't feel the effects. So, like, I could have a gun on me right now and it's not going to affect, but I don't because. So what would be interesting, though, is it would be in your blood for some 30 days. That's what they say. That's right. what the problem and is. So yeah. now can you pack a week later? And nope. So you're out for 30 days. You're out for, as long as you're on medical THC, you can't carry a gun at all. And I don't know what the threshold is. You could fly an airplane. I don't know. What I want to get well, is like a machine gun mounted on the back of my car. Turret. So get a turret <laughs> out there. Just open the the army. not carrying, right? You know, if you, if you were stoned, I don't think you'd be very effective with a weapon. Probably not. Like, no. Hang on a second. Hey, look at that. Oh, I dropped it. Dude. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, I think that's the problem is which bad guy do I shoot? Because there's only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah. I could see no, that being a problem. You're just too chill to care anymore. You're just like. Oh. I have a question for you, Bob. So, uh, as a lot of people, but not everybody knows, during the president's last, so they call them rallies, I guess, when he was yeah. in town a month or so mm-hmm. ago, the mayor pulled something, and I tend to lean left a little bit that I thought personally was kind of chicken shit. He told the cops that they couldn't wear their uniforms yeah, off I know, duty. I know. So Bob yeah. and his buddies got together and got these red shirts made up. And of course, this was I right, saw up, that, right up Trump's alley. He just <laughs> loved it. And he got to meet them and go on stage with them. And they called them out during the rally. So tell right. us what that was. I mean, I'm not a big Trump fan, but I still think meeting the President of the United States has got to be a pretty cool experience. Right. And and I mean, to, to back up to how it transpired, everybody saw what the mayor came out and said. And right. I, no matter which your party lines are, I think it's pretty foolish for a mayor to not invite and tell the standing sitting president he's not welcome here. I agree. It could be only a matter of time, and we've had it with tornadoes, with bridge collapses in Minneapolis, where you may need federal assistance and funding. And why would you ever do that? I just thought I it was agree. irresponsible. And then, in addition, in, in other times, um, not only have our members been, you know, um, um, encouraged, they were ordered to be behind presidents mm-hmm. when they were democrats right. so i thought right. the hypocrisy so as we as we do i got a good buddy that's a retired lieutenant was on the was on the federation board with me rob goodsell and he does he's in t-shirts now so we're in a bar meeting our chicago counterparts in our motorcycle club halfway to wisconsin we drew this shirt up on a bar napkin that night <laughs> and we thought it was going to be similar to when betsy hodges called me a jackass and we'd sell about a hundred of them but what happened was the president caught on to that. He tweeted it out, and this just took off. And I mean, how many thousands it, of shirts? We've did you sold sell? well over five thousand. <laughs> and the, the nice part the mayor's not going to like is it goes to our charitable arm, and Uh-oh. we're going to be pumping it into programs that are near and dear to the citizens, and po- political politicians' hearts in Minneapolis. So wonderful. We're going to do some high-profile donations to things, and they're they're going to go now. We want to hate these guys, and look what they're doing now. So yeah. so what was like to was going to come, did, but did meeting him, to... back to meeting him, um, again, don't believe the media. Him, the vice president, his son, Eric, I had the honor to meet all of them. And them and everyone on their entire staff were the nicest people. They were, um, everyone said to us, you know, law enforcement is very important to the president. It's very important to this administration. Uh, we want you to know how much you mean to them. And, and honestly, um, we, we did pictures with the VP, who was a great guy. Um, his son Eric on, had been boring. texting me. You can say it; he's a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> but he lo- he loved the cops. He's from you Ohio know, or whatever. I was with, I was with cops. He loved them. And um, I'm in line Indiana. to meet, meet the president. Same thing. 
outside, and when I came into view, there were 10 or, you know, 8, 10 people in line, or 10 or 12, anyway, in line. And when I came into view, he just stops his photo and meeting them. He goes, there's my guy, and points wow. at me. And it was, so it was really incredible. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to him, and he goes, hey, I'm going to bring you up on stage. And, and uh, I actually had, uh, I talked during the, the pre-rally, the pre-program. So it was amazing. I, I was a nervous wreck um, going up on stage in front of that. It's was only 20,000 people. That, wow. and, and I've been in and out of the, the Target Center a lot over my years on duty and off, and it, it was truly the most energy I've ever felt inside that place. It mm. was mm. it was crazy. But it nicest people, uh, everybody was on his staff was very respectful. He was very accommodating. So don't believe the media. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well we never do. No, we do not believe the media. Back to you being true. called a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did Betsy Hodges yeah. call you a jackass? I don't remember what it was that oh. time. But, you <laughs> that know, time. I, oh. uh, you know, yeah. She I'm, was a I'm piece of work, her, though. Was she wearing well, her headdress when she called I, you? The, <laughs> no, she loved to wear that headdress. I did you ever see that. that. But the, the funny part for me, for when being the Federation president, was watching... Betsy Hodges, Janae Harto, and the assistant chief Chris Arneson all not get along and just self-destruct. So it was <laughs> that did it happen. It was yeah. uh, it, it truly happened, and the department hasn't been happier. I I say, um, I went from working under the worst chief to the best chief, and in, in I've heard quick. a lot of cops say that. Well, about that's it. good. That quick. Yeah, really. Thank God, there's some improvements. I worked under a lot, and and uh, Rondo, to me, in my eyes, from my position in the Federation role, and seeing his vision for the department, he's been the best. There's and he's no, been on the force for what thirty years. He, he or came something? on six months after me. Yeah, yeah. We never and we never worked together. He was a North Side cop. Bob, we're going to take a, a quick cop. break. We're going to be right back in a, with more car selling secrets, which is really has nothing to do with cars today, but it's really interesting. <laughs> Police cars. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect? Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020 by 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet. 
with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. selling suitcase. Rob, I've got a question for you. I'm not a Minnesota native, but I've lived here since I was 12, so I'm close. And I drove cab in the city in the late 70s through the early 80s. Not a great, safe time. They had just invented crack in the neighborhood oh, south of uh, oh. Lake Street around Chicago, 4th, uh, all the way down to Cedar, where it was terrible down there. And I know that there's some uh, controversy about how crime rates get reported, but would, is it worse now than it was back in the 70s, or is it better, or is it different? It, it's tough to say. Um, you, you know, the reporting is one thing. Everything you do it generates a case number, so there's obviously higher reporting that way and what it goes. But I can, from my own personal experience, the area you mentioned, my first five years were basically a, a mile radius from where 35W and um, Lake Street intersect. So basically, I, you know, th- three years in the 5th Precinct, other side of 35W, the east side is is a third precinct, and I when I moved precincts, I moved right on under the bridge. That mm-hmm. was it. Mm-hmm. So, but in that era, it was all that was when the crack wave really hit. I was there 89, was 89 to 95, and working there, and looking at that area now, it's it's much much better than yeah. it was. Than it's it was changed before. dramatically. There were crack houses like crazy. We used to do SWAT raids of 50 a month drug raids. <sighs> and now they'd be lucky to do they'd be lucky to do 10 a month and that was common. So the crack wave kind of came and went and the area in the 5th precinct has gotten really nice there. They've dumped a lot of money into housing and stuff and even the 3rd precinct is better. Are they going to open up a Nicolet again and get rid of Kmart cuz I was in that time that's okay. when they put no. that up. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know about that, but but the crime, it's in that respect, it's down. And then we had the late '90s. We had Murderapolis, where we approached 100, oh, right. 100 yeah. homicides in a year, and right now we're sitting at about 40. So we're getting a lot more shootings, though, and that's what's really unreported. The report is aggravated assaults, and truly, there I say there's three things that are keeping the the murder rate from being uh, triple digits, and. It's, hospital's it, one of them? It, well, exactly. EMS, EMS, the advanced EMS, they're bringing people back from the dead yep. at HCMC and North Memorial. Oh, yeah. And then the paramedics oh, on the scene do a wonderful job, too. That's the yep. biggie. And then, too, there you, we were talking about concealed carry. They're using small caliber handguns. It's very small. And they're lousy shots. Those are the, your three big factors in my Thank thing. God. Every night we get a person shot. Just oh, yeah. basically every night there's someone on the watch yeah. commander. Yeah. Log, you'll see non-life-threatening injury. Uncooperative victim. Um, that's your standard. standard so they had thing. it coming. <laughs> well, okay. well the, the sad part is yeah. that the north there side is go. the busy is where you're getting your shootings, and then downtown. Yeah, you know, yeah. and if you go downtown for entertainment, you were hitting on that time, and, and yeah. you're you got to be out of there by ten o'clock, or you're taking your life in your hands. So why true, does it yeah. seem to like me that nobody seems to give a crap? About this, that that the politicians just don't care. Well, if you they, say something, you put your life at risk. They, they don't. And when you hire and unanimously select a chief of police, and he lays out a plan for 400 more officers yes. over the course of the next five years, and right now you're struggling if you should give them 14 more or not. Right now, they they think in this in this city that the politicians know more by being elected about mm-hmm. what's needed for law enforcement because i mentioned you know the chief and i see eye to eye on many many things and the staffing level is one of them so but okay yeah. so but what is the po- political upside for these people the politicians to not 
do anything. My my theory is they get in, they get elected by a very small number of votes. People don't vote in these city council races. No, they don't. More importantly, we've got 13 <clears throat> council members, which is about the same that they have in San Francisco and things like that. In my opinion, we should reduce it to half and double the salary of these folks because most of them are community organizers, activists that have right. never had a real job. Right. And for them, this is a damn good job. They're coming on and they're making what well, they're making what our patrol officers make roughly, you know, starting and going so from community it, mouthpiece what is to that. Patrol, uh, uh, patrolman, patrol person. They start make. to load low to mid eighties a year, okay. and that's what the, that's what the city council is, and then they give themselves a big raise. But it's a very good job when you include city benefits and things like that, and. And you, you've got this very just vocal, to interrupt, active You group. can make about that selling cars at Walzer. <laughs> we haven't had a shooting in yeah, not dodge any bullets. You're, you're going to have some applications. <laughs> well, not very many. You're going to have bullets. some applications. Yeah, you're going to start selling right. cars. But we're seeing cops yeah. leave. We really are. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is they're leaving. And truly, when you got this job, I went from the postal service to this, and from the east side of St. Paul, you get a civil service job. In my era, you made it right. Yeah, yeah. And, yep. and yep. You, you never saw people leave. And that's what's disturbing, too, is we're seeing people leave. And when you tested, you had 1,000 people apply for you know, 30 positions. Wow. Now we're getting 200 people or less apply for that same Yeah, well, nobody, there's, millennials don't want to get shot at either. No. no. <laughs> well, I mean, just... We don't. Anybody with common sense confirm. Right. doesn't yeah. want to get shot at. It's too risky. Yeah. You know, when I was listening to it, when I was a kid, I grew up in St. Louis Park, and we Ooh, didn't have any big crimes. But <laughs> so Officer Fitzgerald, who took me home, 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th, same cop. But nobody ever got for this, like, smoking dope. But nobody ever went to a station. There was nothing. I mean, it was sort of right, policed in your right. neighborhood. Yes. Yep. The guy took literally, I rode my bike. He followed us home, made you knock on the door, tell your parents what you did. And then you were disciplined by, I was far more fearful of my dad than I was of Officer Fitzgerald. Very much like myself, yes. You never wanted to get brought home by the police. Oh, so. no. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. That, that would not be No, but that's, so. I mean, there was, you know, today it's... Not the parents anyone's afraid of. No, exactly. But uh, to your point, Catherine, that, that's the, to me, the council, if you, reduced, if you reduced the number of them and increased what they made, you'd have more responsible people, more successful people with business minds that want to run the city the right way. Right now, they're pandering to a small vocal group that they feel gets them elected, and they're, they're not serving the citizens as a whole. But the communities no. are suffering. Yeah, exactly. Are. And you, if you go to North Minneapolis... In your old neighborhood, Tom, you and you talk to your average black resident. They love the police. They want to have more they of them. They do. Absolutely. Uh, they want to have more of them. Our guys are getting coffee bought for them. They're getting to say, hey, you know, again, don't believe what the media is saying, that kind of thing. So, nope. they, but the voter turnout is very low. Which I know, is but so can, I can't name you one of my council. No. People. No. I mean, I, other they, than they if I drove by a sign in a yard, but I don't. Agenda. Yeah. I don't know anybody How on many the precincts or no are there in Minneapolis? Council. Five. Five. And five, they've got yeah. 13 council members? Yeah. It's a lot. <clears throat> for no it's reason. It's like you should have five. Here, here's one question I wanted to ask. And, and you know, if you, I, here's what I don't understand. Now, I talked to a lot of people I grew up with. A lot of those people are black that I grew up with. And they, 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 here's their problem. What you see on TV is that black people are shooting people. But it's black people they're shooting. Yes. Now, here's the problem we have. Are they ever going to step up and protect black people in their neighborhoods? Because if you're not, that's kind of racist, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's it's, right. It's racist as hell, and no one cares. 
No, no. I just don't get it. Your our average shooting I was just talking about is you know black male suspect, black yep. male victim, non life threatening yep. wound, and and that's it. And yep. and those are the people that are getting hurt, and those are the people that want more police protection. They do. And then the other part of that is is they've gotten to they've gotten into de-policing so much where when i was a young cop listen you stopped everything that moved and you're getting you're are you profiling well if you got a taillight out it's a legal stop are you stopping your little arrests lead to big arrests you're in doing that you're taking these guns off the street that isn't going on anymore because the cops don't want to be called all the isms you're stopping me because i'm yeah and yep, yep. they're like is it easier to drive past this violation and stay out of trouble or be accused of this, that, and the other thing, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of deep policing going on, and it's encouraged. They, you know, we, we I used to make a, a million traffic stops, but I've given one DWI and twelve speeding tickets in thirty years, but got a lot of guns out of there in the meantime, and a lot of people with warrants for their arrest. <laughs> so it's a fishing expedition. That's really the, the fishing has gotten really limited, which is a bad part. You never everybody. worked around the caboose, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, a great well, spot, right? Yeah, the perfect spot to arrest people, actually. No doubt. Well, I, how much of that really goes on, where you hang by a caboose or if you go down, you know? No, we, we don't even have a traffic division anymore, and I've never been a proponent of traffic enforcement. <laughs> you know, we, we don't. We don't have a traffic. We used to have a 40-person traffic division where they were out there to do Speeding tickets, DWIs, and and that was it. Oh, keep yep. the road safe and, for the citizens. Right, right. Oh. Who and does the it now? Is, is <laughs> what? If you're a hit and run victim down there, good luck to you because you're going to get a case number, go file oh, with your insurance company, and you oh. compare that to the sub- suburbs around us. That's just second class treatment. You can't treat your people that way. You know these things, and and that's the problem. And that's where the chief's vision for more cops. That's what they would be doing. A vision. You know. that's nice. So what's the relationship between the highway patrol and the police? Actually, very good. No, it. You know, there's. You know, believe it or not, our cops get DWIs. They come. I represent them when they do. You know, <laughs> yes, it's one of the only. Yeah. You know, one of the few jobs where if you do get arrested you suffer the consequences at work also you go through the regular stuff and then you're hey i'm suspended and i can't drive and i'm transferred or i'm demoted those types of things happen so um but but you know people this generation the the millennials are a lot more responsible when uber use and stuff like that so the troopers have a pretty good it's been an up and down relationship over the years but it's pretty good if they get a chase and then comes into the city and the guys bail you know they're they rely on us for help a lot because their backup is a lot better so way. what it, are, so you see them everywhere between the police so who governs 394 is it local or is it governed Three, by the highway 394 patrol 394 is is the state patrol yeah so yeah. where does the highway patrol Basically, the the freeways and state highways is their thing. They See, Bob, go, what's going on state, here? Just so anywhere. you know, he owns a Porsche, and he's just trying to figure <laughs> out right. where can, where can I speak. Yeah. So right. probably 2 a.m. in Lake Street, if you can just do the lights are on green, light them up, How's baby. How's that sane lane? Can I don't I, think you have Is anybody on the yeah. sane lane? Not in Bloomington. What's amazing <laughs> to me is, and looking back now, going to St. Joseph's School over there, at, uh, was on 11th and 4th. It's now where the... Where, 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 there's a bridge across Plymouth Avenue where St. Joseph's used to be back in the day, right? And I, it this just occurred to me just now, sitting here listening to you talk about this. When I was a little boy going to that school, the Minneapolis police would come in and once in a while just check on everybody in the school, everybody at St. Joseph's, St. Anne's, all the public schools, all the rest of it. <clears throat> and we had a guy named Officer Savanich. 
Remember Officer Zabonich? I, I don't remember, but I remember you the remember legend the name, passed don't you? down from him for sure. I will tell you something. Officer Savanich would go to every kid in North Minneapolis, and I mean every one of them, and say, look, we care about you. We want you to be safe. The co- I want you to know that the Minneapolis Police Department cares about you. A lot of these kids didn't have parents. You know, my, dad's gone. Mom's at home. Like me, my dad was gone. But he, Officer Savanich, every time I would see him, he'd go, Tom, we really do care about you. It was wonderful. Can the cops even do that anymore? They, they do have the SROs, and that's something that they actually the council wanted to get rid of, too. Of course they did. Because now oh, they're, they're calling this the, the gateway to, what was it, the gateway to prison or something like that, that with cops in the schools. And I had this... <laughs> I had this argument with him. I says, listen, it, it, it was, I'm missing the term, gateway to something, but the, or pathway to prison. That's what it was. By having cops in schools, and I said, you realize that the cops that are in those schools as SROs, they want to be there, and they're yes. there to yep. serve as mentors. We get a lot of our good police candidates out of there because they're recruiting when they're young to come, yep. hey, come to the police department. They want to be there. They're heartfelt. Their hearts are in it. If you get the street cops that's been rolling around in a squad car and has to get dispatched <coughs> to that fight at that high school, yeah. guess what? They're going to come. They're going to take the two and book them and be off. Yep. Where you go to an SRO's office, he knows the kids. He knows, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's the best investment you can make in the police department. We have one of those in high school. They want to be there. And out in Rogers. So it's all yeah. over the place. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a yeah. thing that needs to stay. There used to be more of. They re- reduced them. Out in Rogers, was it to cut down on all the cattle wrestling? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Assaulting animals. Assaulting animals. We had That's one. Nice. We had one gang fight. Ooh, you did. You, you did. You had a gang, gang fight. Rogers. Yep. Mm-hmm. They brought in a bunch of students that got kicked out of Brooklyn Center High School and of brought course. them to Rogers. Of course, thank you. Gee, thanks for bringing them out. We appreciate <laughs> right. it immensely. That's well, a great we need, idea. Because we needed more diversity. Diversity. Mm. Why did you need more so diversity? Bring in the white out had, there in Rogers. We, had, we literally had two half black students in our <laughs> whole school. Well, that equals a whole. Yeah. That's one whole. That was it. You know, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned that actually because when Officer Savanich would come to St. Joseph's, there were black students, Mexican students. The, the only people that we didn't really have in North Minneapolis were Asians. They just, there weren't that many Asians in, in Minnesota anyway, and we didn't have any. But the copper would go from kid to kid. Never take me alive. That was from Lamont Dean, my my cousin who was a uh, Hennepin County deputy sheriff and a Minneapolis cop for many years. But he, Officer Savanich would talk to Benny Crushan, was a black kid, loved him. Uh, You get on the list of the Morales family. He would go to every kid and say, we do care about you. Doesn't matter your skin color. Doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. It didn't matter at all. And this was in supposedly one of the most racist times in America's history in the 1950s and 60s. What happened to that? Why did they let that go? Yeah, I don't know. They're... They're still there doing that. Um, God, it's you know, wonderful. They, they move around. But these guys, he stayed for many years. I think it was Ed Savanich, wasn't that? Ed's, yeah, God, that's amazing. Officer yeah. Savanich. God, uh, that's been a few years, Bob. Legendary. Yeah, yeah, I told you, I got a great memory because 20 years ago plus, but nothing about yesterday <laughs> nothing or about the week yesterday. prior. we got to take a quick break, we and we'll be back with our final segment. God, of final segment episode. already. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. 
This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's Resolution Sale. Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. Is this the new one from Mario Speedwagon? No. Only Cloud can sing this The new one. I wanted to play some Polish punk, Yuboka there for Officer Zamanich, but you couldn't find it. That was the old joke in the 70s about the longest bridge in the world. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Africa to Poland. Yep, I remember many times as a kid. Northeast has changed so much in the last few years. Oh, it has. It has indeed. It's kind of like what Uptown was in the 80s. It's where all the young kids, because they could, you know, they used to be able to afford to live in Uptown and until us older people discovered it, and now they're up in the northeast side. Yeah, so. that's true. It's been a great conversation you guys are having. I'm really glad you did this, Dougie. Yeah, it's fun. i really having fun trying to book interesting people for this uh, show. If you could just stay well, off the mic a little bit about all politicians are assholes, we might be able to encourage a couple more to I come didn't in. say all. I just Still said 99.9%. Still working on the governor. 9%. I haven't given up on him yet. Oh, the governor, Tim Walls, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it'd be interesting to have on. I asked Ryan yeah. Winkler to come on and talk about the marijuana thing, the recreational marijuana, but I haven't heard back from him. I'm call you back because I talked to him at, right after he was on. Uh, for those of uh, the listeners that might not know, he was the... A majority speaker of the House in the Minnesota Legislature, and it works. And his precinct is—it's not precinct district—is Golden Valley. So you actually did a really nice South job. Golden Valley. Yeah, South Golden Valley. <laughs> all the cool people live. Yeah, we're all the cool people. So Tyrell what, Hill. what is the? I mean, what's the issue with recreational weed in Minnesota? Or in Minnesota? And does the police? Do they give a crap? Ryan Winkler's bringing it forward, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you don't want to police Tom's it, do you? trying to figure out where he can smoke pot and yeah, drive his no, Porsche. It's been a long time. <laughs> I'll drive fast. If I, if I were to light up, it would be the, I'd get pulled yeah, over I, for going too slow. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I'm against it, and we, we do what's called a D.C. fly-in once a year. We meet with our with our um, Congress reps out there mm-hmm. and, our, and our senators, and uh, there was a very interesting expert on it out there, and you would never suspect it older black gentleman and he explained this stuff not really old my age i guess older but older explained this and he said before they jump into this you need to look at the cost and, and they need to look at colorado you think everybody thinks so we're going to generate all this tax revenue from it and on the back end you're spending more out for treatment programs for oh, things yeah. like that um and we talked about it a little bit when you you can't gauge you know if you're high and driving very easy what are the facts? Those types of things, you know, news channels have done things on it. But um, 
I would like for this guy to come and talk with our legislature before they do this because there's a lot of hidden costs that they don't realize that far surpass what they gain in tax benefits. Well, that's um, interesting because all it, you ever hear is that, you know, big money, Colorado's right? just big rolling money, in money and big money. Yeah. And and we don't know the long-term effects down the line. You know, for if if we're keeping everybody right. smoked in the 40s, right? Yeah. 50s. Yeah. Um and then tell we hey, lung cancer, you know, like smoking cigarettes mm -hmm. causes cancer. So, but it's going to be okay to smoke marijuana. I realize you can take it other ways and things like that, but there's health effects, alcohol, you know. If but from a police standpoint, what, I mean, you don't want to be resting. I mean, it's a pain in the butt to take someone down who's got a quarter is, ounce of weed on them or something. reality is right now the coppers are taking that and flushing it in the sewer. On ah, and they're okay. not, they're, those little things like that, they're not, Sarah's, they're, uh, they're pretty much uncle, My way. wife's uncle is a St. Paul cop, and he just would take it and take it home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll tell well, you. No, you just ratted him. No, I, yeah. I tell you a funny story I about him. Retired. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's retired. retired. He's probably, I'm guessing, he's 70 or so. So he was a Vietnam vet, came back, and he wanted to get into be a St. Paul cop, but something happened, and he had to wait seven years before he could apply. And so his older brother is in town, and we're having this conversation, and 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 my wife works at a church and says, you know, so. Uncle Bruce, how come how come you had to wait so long? And his older brother goes, "Yeah, it was a farming accident," and they didn't understand what he was saying. You had a pot farm out in Marine in the same oh. Croix. Oh. Whoops! Oh, God. A farming accident. <laughs> yeah, that's really really I, nice. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the whole the whole thing about recreational um, marijuana being passed is the good thing about it would be maybe we could get rid of these cartels. That are killing people in other countries, you know, that are supplying. Oh, the no, no, US. no. They make them movie stars now. <laughs> El Chapo's wife is like a TV that star. Disgusting. That would be the one uh, one good what? thing. But I don't believe, I, at, until they can figure out how to test for it when people are driving. So are you, so are you opposed to the uh, medical side? You know, the medical side's out there already. Um, yeah. But I. Hey, to be honest, I've never been a pothead at all. So right. we can change that. All. I just kind of see it as uh, it's dummying down society for votes. That's the way I look at it, but maybe that's a close point of view. Um, our, our cops as a whole are not really in favor. They're not like the enforcing it, but I think a lot of them, they think about their kids. Do they want? Do you want to walk down the street and have people firing up all the time? It's, it's bad enough. Like um, they have yeah. been in yeah. Manhattan yeah. for exactly. the last 30 years. No, but I, I mean, there's part of me that goes... I'd, rather have my kids stoned than drunk um well i mean I, I don't want them driving either way but i think we're at less risk certainly from smoking pot cell phones in my world are maybe more dangerous than i would oh, agree, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. and yes. so yes. that's a yeah i i don't know that i think as your general cop is mainly against it but more uh, along indifferent to against it i think if you polled my members oh. you know Interesting. So I got to ask you a couple of questions. This is this is all personal now. You don't mind if I take a personal? <laughs> <call to you? laughs> don't ask about my wife. No, I'm not going to ask you about your wife. No, 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 no. I, I'm just. I, it just popped in my head being over at Mayslacks back oh, in the yeah. day with the boys, Tony Miranda, and you keep get John Locke, and you go on a. Where are all those guys now? Those guys, I, well, I ran into John up at the. Uh, they're all in treatment, the, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> those were some good times. That was uh, oh, one of the God, favorite times of my career. Our federation, in fact, I, when, 
I got a two o'clock board meeting today and a five thirty <laughs> membership meeting, and with those boys, the board meeting would be over about three or four, and then we go to Zerbies or oh, Maze yeah. oh, yeah. and then we come back and hold the membership meeting, and, and then we go back for more. <laughs> and God, we used to fun, get together man. with Tom from time to time at Maze Lacks, but uh, the hammer, John Locke. Um, I still hear from him all the time. Hey, good job, babe. Heard John on the radio. You know, he'll, he'll <laughs> yeah, he's the up. best. I, um, John's a great he, he Northside guy. Well, and the truth told, I owe my job to these guys. Uh, John was a he taught defensive tactics when I came on. I got in a little trouble in rookie school, maybe bar re- fight related, and he's like he'd reached out. Hey, forget you know this kid. He's one of our good guys, and blah blah blah. Oh so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> John, uh, he's still local. I hear from him a lot. Yeah, I ran um, into him about a Al Berryman's got three homes. He was Al Berryman's got three <laughs> three he homes. Was the old Federation president, you know. But what the hell did he get money for three in, homes? He's he was a Federation president, right? And he's down in Arizona. He's mainly in Arizona. Every time he comes oh, he? back in. Um, he gets a hold of us, Tony and I. Tony and Ryan is still local. Oh, um, please. It's so next time those guys get together, for sure. I would love to Tony, see him. He, I, well, I got Tony's you. a great guy. We'll make, we'll make sure we get a hold of you. because God, so much Tony's fun. a wonderful guy. He was the nucleus of that federation for many years. Yeah, he was. Time yeah, he in was, there. absolutely. Um, when, when Al comes to town, which is a few times a year, we always get together. Yeah, Al so. Is May Slack still around? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? Right. Tom those, still has garlic breath from it. He hasn't been there for 20 years. Oh, ouch. That's right. Oh my God! He used to, seriously, he'd get out of his car, and I could. Yeah, it was like, oh, he's been to Maislack. I could smell the garlic. No, it's his it's, a, it's a hipster away. hangout now. Oh, it's is really it really? Is it really? So is Herbie's now. It's called Grumpy's. Herbie's has changed. It's Grumpy's and. Northeast has really gotten to turn into hipster stuff. Oh, it used to be the real blue yeah. collar. All yeah, along, yeah. you could throw a rock in any direction and walk to a bar out of my union office. But uh, one of my favorite things about being a teenage guy in North Minneapolis, you'd be up at Papa Joe's Northern or at the Broadway Bar, and you'd be sitting there, and the cops would come in. A couple of cops would come in, and they go, "Put them on the desk. They put them on the table." And everybody take out a knife or a gun and put it on the table. <laughs> and they'd get whatever they were, like a pizza or a sandwich, yeah. whatever they were going to go. All right, boys. They'd leave. Everybody take their gun, put it back in their pocket. Pro- probably <laughs> Halex up there. That, oh, that Alex. Locke oh, yeah. and Murphy worked together forever. Yeah, uh, they did. On the tax squad or SWAT guys. and yeah, I heard so many great stories. I, one of my favorite stories up there, and I'm sorry. I'll shut no, up. After this, I promise. I, I'm so, not mad. The boys get a call. And they, they go up the north side, and somebody's been shot to death, right? <laughs> Sarge comes in the room, and he goes, everybody, get the hell out of here. Because everybody was sitting around like in, a, in the family. They're sitting around with a, a dead guy, right? And so there's a guy on the couch, he's like sleeping. He's like, like that, right? And Sarge goes, what the hell did I tell you? And the guy didn't respond. He goes, I said you gotta go, and one of the other cops comes up and goes, "Actually, uh, he's the victim. The bullet went in his mouth and came oh, out the back of his head." Oh, and the copper turns and goes, "Okay, you can stay." <laughs> <laughs> was that was a Sarge Lurch? Yes, Jerry, Lurch Larson. It was indeed. You know, How did Jerry, you know Jerry that? Jerry passed because he, he he was he on the board too. He passed. Oh. It'll be two years, I think, this spring. But there, oh, I'm this, sorry to hear. I was that. thinking about him on the way on the way in this morning, knowing I was coming here because That's I, who it was. He was the vice president of the Phenomenal. federation at the time, and he this guy. I've been to Vegas many times, and to this day, the first time I was in Vegas was with him, and it was the best time I ever had. Oh, my I left, God. He's I left dead. there after three days, oh. and my face muscles were sore from laughing. This guy had he had a line for everybody, but he was, a, he was an icon. He a four-way a, stop. I heard this from another cop. 
Uh, Lurch pulls him over and goes, will you stop me for? He goes, because you, you rolled through the, the stop sign. You didn't stop at a stop sign. He goes, well, I slowed down. And Lurch goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get out of the car. I'm going to start beating the piss out of you. You can tell me to slow down or stop. <laughs> Yeah, he was awesome. a classic. He was great. Why was he called Lurch? Did he look like Lurch he from the like Adam? He looked like Lurch, yeah. Sounded like him. Sergeant oh, Wonder, Sergeant Sergeant Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sergeant Wonderful, baby. God, that Jerry worked, worked hard and played hard, and that was... He, <laughs> did, yes. he kept playing after he retired a little too hard. That was... Yeah, mm-hmm. he kind of shrunk down. Uh, I, saw, awesome. I saw him in the hospital before he passed. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah he was God, just, he, he was, was a wonderful guy. He was Sergeant he Wonderful was. for a reason. Sergeant Wonderful for a reason. Another one that say him and Locke were two of the guys that were in DT that saved my... Saved my hide as a rookie. Locke was another guy that if you were a citizen, you probably didn't want to piss him off. No. Not no, that I no, can remember no. anyway. <laughs> I guess that he was a north side guy from up on Sheridan. I believe he grew up on Sheridan Avenue up there. But, yeah, yeah I mean, th- th- Bob, the great memories and how we all got along. And everybody, like I said, didn't matter race. None of it mattered. Everybody got along. Everybody was fine. So when I left that neighborhood, actually, you know, it, 24, 25, whatever I was. And I went out in the real world, and they were talking about, oh, my God, race relations are terrible. I go, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. How are race relations terrible? Not where I grew up. It's the Norwegians and the Swedes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Well, they actually do High hate risk one behavior. another. That is true. They do hate one another. But now, I, I tell you, because the cops in North Minneapolis yeah, understood interested. North Minneapolis, the firefighters, all, everybody, well, Rocco Forte, I, you know, I went to I went to St. Rocco was the the fire chief, and his older brother Michael and I were in the same class at. at you know, his dad was an organ grinder. Did you know? That? <laughs> wow. Yes, his dad. Honestly, God, Rocco Forte was a fire chief. His dad was an organ grinder. He had the big mustache, and he had the thing with the monkey and the whole oh, deal. Wow. Nice Italian boy from North Minneapolis. I just Minneapolis. think that was a job once upon a time. Being an organ grinder, yeah. it was. Oh God, I got to shut up because you only got a couple minutes. Well, keep going. Wait. No, I, I just, what I'm talking about is we had a relationship with the cops. The cops cared. We cared. And I never understood once I left my neighborhood, why did all this happen out here? Because back in our, the poorest neighborhood, the worst neighborhood in Minnesota, everybody gets along really well. It's just yeah. weird. Yeah. The whole thing is just, it should have never happened. And I really wish they'd get their head out of their ass and let the cops do their job. That's all I'm saying. Before we're off, i got to thank Doug for the relationship because the reason he reached out to me is they sponsor the Federation in our Stuff mm-hmm. to Slay Drive, yeah. Walzer yeah. does. And that's how we met um, one of our charitable arms. We Walzer, in conjunction with KSTP5, and it's, on, it's going yeah. on right now. Our, <clears throat> yep, our coppers are in the Skyway in downtown collecting toys for kids. Now, i got to so. just be completely clear. We they dropped that last year. Oh, Somebody geez. in our marketing department, I don't know who it was. but They, they dropped said, it? Uh, it's a long story. Oh, Could I, you arrest Paul for me? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Arrest Paul Walls for no reason. That's how we got it. So it's a great, so great charity. It continues on, but but thanks for. And I didn't so know I'm not that charitable. I'm not the most. Somebody charitable. came to me, and I won't say who it was, uh, a couple months ago, and says, "Hey, that whole stuff the sleigh thing. Can you get us back in there again?" And so I called. I know some people over at Hubbard, and they're like. You know, there's a different title sponsor, and they're going to do it again this oh, year. Like, okay. Oh. Well, we're underway, but I appreciate what you guys have done. For well, me. thank you very much. And for those have. that don't know, it's a toy drive that the uh, cops sponsor, uh, toys for needy kids in the cities, and it's uh, it's really
really, really, it's a great thing. And it is that time of the year again. Do they need to be new? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. This is always how much don't, I know. Don't be, don't I got a charity for him. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just, no, I there's, work for the I know cops there's some, are in trouble, these guys. <laughs> no, there's some toy drives. That we're going to get rid of some toys before Christmas when we to get make room. toys. Yeah. And we don't have many toys anyway, but... I know there are some places that take used toys. Yeah, so just... try the, you know, like the Mean Streets of Edina. They're yeah, probably open to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to close right. with an Al Berriman story, my last thing. Okay. So uh, there was a copper many, many years ago, tried to save his wife from a car fire. Uh, she's in a van, and it exploded, and, the, and her husband, the cop, went in to save her, and he got severely mm. burned. Uh, we were down at... Um, uh, the Nicollet Island Pavilion. Pavilion. They, had, okay. they, had, they had a fundraiser down there. Remember that? And so they're raising funds, and Al Behrman comes up to me and goes, Tom, you should do me a favor because there's this really cool pistol, and if you could buy it, you know, because it would be really, really great. And I said, yeah, no problem at all. So it goes up, and it's it, the, the pistol goes for like a few thousand dollars, probably even more than that. And I bought it. And then I gave it back to Al, and I said, well, just go ahead and auction it off again. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, what do you mean you know? He goes, I knew you'd give it back. That's why I wanted to buy it. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. Al. Right. Remember that? Al had a way of, uh, he he a way of wor- char- raising charitable Oh, funds. he was good at it. Yeah. Pictures in his office had been raffled every year after year. <laughs> year after oh, yeah. year raffled year off. After year. Never had to give them up. Uh, Bob, thanks for coming in. Great to see you as always. Pleasure. Thanks for always having me, you guys. Well, that wraps up episode, I think, 32 or 3 of 32, Walter's yeah. Car Selling Secrets. The, the podcast is not happening next week, so no, all the mm-hmm. listeners get a lucky week off. <laughs> oh, you mean you, you don't have car selling secrets on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can post the best of. No, well, the best of would be Tom's. That's the one that I get the most compliments about. Yeah, that is true. It was a great thing. And thank you so much, Tom. How sweet of you to bring in. I mean, this is th- this nice. means the world to me. He brought in Gene Shepard. So you like him. that better than the shirt that no, Tom brought I, I was got, It doesn't mean you, the world to you. You know, once, <laughs> again, once again, I hope... I want to thank him. Not only go to thank him, but Doug has to piss all over it. So never mind. Goodbye. That's my job. And we're out. That's my job. Tom here from my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer. And get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For- <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. 
In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Love that song. Greatest you guys were just talking. Yeah. yeah, well, they are. They're phenomenal, no doubt about it. Uh, you guys were just talking about movies, and that's exactly what I wanted to talk about because your mom and I have seen a couple of movies that uh, we'd recommend. Me too. You know? Me too. So what, you, what, what were you guys talking about? Well, I went. we were talking about news stuff, and I saw that and we were talking about the Oscars and I was surprised that Bombshell got nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. I right. saw the movie, and I didn't think the movie was that great. Thought the acting was pretty good. Um, it is a left-leaning movie because it was about Fox, Fox News, News yeah, and they made it negative. So that oh, kind of really? annoyed me. Um, but yeah, I was surprised it was nominated for any Oscars. They can never have a documentary just like be factual. Is the thing? It's no. always well because you don't. It's, it has to be based on or like loosely. Yeah. Based on the true. And, and I saw Ford versus Ferrari, which is an amazingly shot movie, and I thought very good movie. Kristen Bell's amazing in it. Um, I would recommend that movie to anyone, even if you're not a car person. Nancy's not a car person. She loved the movie. See, Ralph Basham didn't like it. He said it was okay, but. Tell him he's a big baby. I will. And then I watched <laughs> I watched a docu- documentary. It's called Don't F with Cats, but they use okay, the whole word. People. It is. An, an, what an, is it? It is about a nutcase, crazy kid and who starts out by vacuum packing cats and killing them and putting them on YouTube. A lot of people. And on it, YouTube? Yeah, what the and hell? It, and, and people start, all over the world, start searching for this kid to find him and get him arrested. And he turns, he starts, keeps killing cats, and then he goes on the people. And it's a true story, and it is an, has so many twists, and it's so good. You have to watch it. It's called Don't F no. With Cats, but they spell it out. So yeah. You have to spell Jeez. it out on Netflix. Yeah, everybody's and been is, talking about how crazy it is. And the only thing I haven't figured out yet is this kid it comes from, like, white trash family. Like, how, no is money. he, like, 15? No, or is no, he, like, no. 10? He's in his 20s. Oh, he's, okay. Yeah. Well, he's Dave, 37 Dave, now, born yeah. in 82, but oh, apparently okay. the person he killed, he did when he was 30. So, oh, okay. yeah. He, so looks, he, killed, he looks younger in the, in the movie. <clears throat> In the well, because when he yeah. started doing it, and, uh, all he was younger. So it's all it, the eight balls. It is you young. definitely <laughs> worth watching. It's disgusting. And, and, and don't worry when they start showing the videos of him killing cats. They never actually show well, that's good. Yeah. anything too graphic. Yeah. We will not let your kids watch it. But it is no. definitely worth watching. And it shows you how whacked out people are. Well, here you go. Uh, according to him, his mother would routinely lock them out of the house. In, this is in Ontario, by the way. Every so. serial killer. And once put their pet rabbits out in the cold to freeze to death. Okay. And also, his dad was schizophrenic. Uh, but what I, what I didn't figure out at the end oh. of this documentary, this kid lives pretty high life. Where does he get his money? Well, apparently, he, it lists his occupation as model and sex worker. <laughs> so... Wait a minute, who are we talking about here? Some <laughs> lunatic. Yep, you have to watch God. the... You, Tom, you should definitely watch this documentary. 
You, you what's it called? Don't F with cats. But it's, but yeah, it's spell it actual. Oh, yeah, yeah, spell okay, it yeah, yeah. Isn't there a star where the U is on nope, Netflix? Nope. Oh, it says? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on where you look at it. But yeah, yeah, true. Usually yeah. They, it's F yeah. star star K. Yeah. But, you, it's, it's, yeah. but you have to watch it all the way through. You can't give up on it. Because it turns. Okay. It turns right. in the end. That's how Dan and I started watching The Staircase. And we stopped because we were like, well, this is, he obviously did this and it's whatever. But apparently everybody's like, no, you have to finish it. There's like a big twist. I'm like, oh, okay. What did you see, Tom? Yeah. Uh, Catherine and I saw two movies. One's called I Can See You. And they make a huge mistake in I Can See You because uh, at the very beginning, it's it's about a guy... uh, who kidnaps young boys and obviously, you know, violates them and then kills them, right? Mm -hmm. But they make a huge mistake at the very beginning of the movie because the husband in the family is a white cop. So he went, oh, he did it Mm. because it's Hollywood. And I was absolutely right. The white cop (laughs) father and husband did it because he's the only white guy in it. Uh, when are we going to get? When are we going to come to an understanding that see when people were singled out because they were black, it was horrible. So singling people out because they're white is also horrible. Yeah, it's payback time now, though. Yep. You can't pay it back ever. Those people were murdered back in the early 1900s, in the 1800s, the 1700s. You know, uh, good God, you can't make up for that. Sorry, you can try, 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 but you know, it's not going to work. Isn't that too bad. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> it is too bad. But was it, yeah. So the movie, the movie was predictable. Yeah, you knew from jump exactly why who the bad guy was mm-hmm. and why he was the bad. Yeah, guy. I can't watch predictable movies. Once I know, I don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah. What was the other movie that you saw? Then? We saw a movie called Ready or Not, which we really liked. Oh, you guys, you, you talked about wa- that yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just I just want to let LA Nick know that, yeah. that we saw uh, um, this movie as well. Ready or not, it's about a, a young woman marrying to a very wealthy uh, gaming family. They they made their money from board games, and uh, she finds out that if they don't kill her by sunup, they'll all die. It's it's interesting. It's funny in parts. It's way over the top. You don't want to watch the movie with younger people because like. You don't want any kids being around. It's very violent, but it's cartoonishly violent. So for adults, you could handle it. Little kids would not probably be able to figure it out, you know, why it would be funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we were like, we liked it. We liked it a lot, as a did, matter of did fact. Did you guys see that all the Oscar nominations? Mm-mm. Yes. They were announced yesterday. So I saw most of those movies. Mm-hmm. I, w- once upon a time in Hollywood, I just, just don't, didn't think it was that great. I just didn't. I've, most people have said that. It um, was just an okay movie, but it's. And then The Joker was a her- horrific movie, and it has the most nominations. Oh, really? I'm going to look. It has the most. By far. Oh, so, God. Marriage Story? Ugh. I heard that was terrible. Horrible. Did you see the Joker? Yeah. No, I didn't see the yep. Joker. It's, I didn't. Did you think it was good, Tom? Well, I think that Joaquin Phoenix is one hell of an actor. Yeah. But I thought the movie sucked. The movie sucked. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. like this. It was not interesting. That marriage no. story that Kristen was like, "Oh, you should watch it. It's a. It's awful. It's just two people that are miserable screaming at each other the entire time, and then like a few <laughs> little tender moments." 
in, in between. But the whole thing is just I them being miserable and screaming. 1917's going to swipe it. Because that's for best picture. That's what it looks like. So the best picture yeah. nominations are 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, which is a looks South, like Asian. It's a South Korean movie. The Irishman. South Korean. The Irishman was a hard. I, I, I'm sorry. The Irishman was not a good movie. Really, my dad liked it. I, it, it was just another exact. It was exactly yep. what you expected it to be. Yeah. And, yep. And, and it, you're right. And listen, if you looked at the Oscar nominations, it actually got nominated for so many things. The, the category that animation's in, like the best animated, some kind of effects or something. Yeah. It's in there. It's in every category. Yeah. Like somebody paid to put have it put in every single category. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not anything special. It's it's not as good as is like the old ones like Goodfellas or anything like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not on the level a, of Goodfellas. I did a conference call, like a little talk on a conference call yesterday around the United States to, uh, you know, pretty much radio personnel. And they were a little upset with me because, uh, and then that very night, this other element uh, dropped on me. But uh, they asked me about, you know, so, you know, you've been around, this, what, do you, what, what do you think? And I said, uh, you better have fun for the next eight to ten years because newspapers, television, and radio are going away. Oh, 100%. They will be. There's no question about it. So, look, I love radio. I've been in radio my whole life since I was an 18-year-old kid. I love doing radio. But radio just did not keep up with the times. I, I went to John Dickey, who was the guy, Cumulus guy, 800 times and said, we need a digital presence uh, there's no doubt about it. He just never, ever even considered it. Tom, the I new, didn't know the what the new format of radio, and it's just going the same way with newspapers, and it's going the same yep. way with television, is you hire people for nothing. There's people doing yep. radio on major stations right here in the Twin Cities that make like 20 grand a year. <laughs> That's correct. It's fact. That's 100% correct. And they're the only ones running the whole show. There's no one else in there. They have to do everything. I know. And, and, I know. And, and now, with, even with TV, they're paying people base base pay, which is three to 5000 an episode, and you get nothing else. That's all you get. Isn't you, that amazing? You can't survive. You can't live on it. So it's all going to just fall apart. And all they had to do was marry the two formats, broadcast and digital. All they had to do was marry it and, you know, super serve the public for a while and then lock it in and you're good. Right? It's a sad future, Tom. It is a sad future because it's not going to make it out. Well, newspapers are already dead. Yeah, that's over. I mean, do they even sell advertising anymore in some of these newspapers? Uh, or do they Star still, Tri- like, they still have advertising? Does. Yeah, Star Tribune does. I still yeah. do? Yeah. Television. I tried, Catherine and I tried to watch television about three, four nights last week. There's nothing to watch. I watched Chicago PD, Blue Bloods. Uh, we like Young Sheldon and The Simpsons. And after that, we're pretty much hitting the wall. You know, it's too bad. Everything's political on TV now. It's, you know, it's right, a huge you know problem. what I've been it's watching? Not... Remember the series Hunter with the, with the old football player? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. You don't remember that? Yeah, you do. Mind Hunter? No, it's just called Hunter. Yeah, I don't know. Candy, can you pull that up and see what his name is? You'll re- I know Tom will remember him. He was a very famous football player. A TV show? Yeah, Did you TV just call series? my son Candy? No, I said Andy. <laughs> 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 Let's see. We got Fred Dreyer. Fred Dreyer. There you go. And his co-star's name is uh, 
Stephanie Kramer. Kramer, and they're awesome together. And it's it's not it's not really. I, I tried to watch some other old show, crime shows. They're too dated, and they just they don't have it. This show still has yeah. it. You can watch Hunter; it's still entertaining. Well, we do watch a little. You know, I I, I watch stuff like The Rifleman. <laughs> you know, I love Lucy. I watch that stuff. Yeah, well, you should try television H- now. Try Hunter; it's pretty good. Okay, I can give it a where, where, actually, is it? where is it? It's on Netflix. Uh, I watched it on Roku, but I'm, I don't, I'm sure you can watch it on anything. I, wa- I have Roku. Well, I got Ro- we got Roku. Yeah, I watched it on yeah, Roku. We got Roku. Um, it was NBC's like top show. And it was on the air for eight years, and I don't remember was it. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Prime time, yeah, too. I don't remember it either. Well, that's, you know... Uh, the biggest problem that they got in the whole situation is that, uh, you know, this whole thing with the cheating and rigging in baseball, uh. the cheating and rigging they've been talking about in football, all the rest of it. If you don't think that happens in radio and television or newspapers, you're kidding yourself. Everything is fixed now. Have you noticed that? It is. If you watch, Everything's fixed now. I flip through the channels and everybody ha- says the same exact sentence, like to the word. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to every news, they're mm-hmm. all the same sentence. Yeah. It's not the same phrase or the same angle. It's the same sentence. No, they're given something to say and they all say it. It's weird, man. Yeah, they got little buzzwords. I think it's really they're really going to upset you with their buzzwords. <laughs> I'd like to be entertained. You know, I'd like to be informed, and then I'd like to be entertained. That's all I'm looking for in television. So, could you either entertain me or inform me? Because if you're, if there is different versions of these. So, if you watch, if you watch like CNN or Fox on CNN or Fox or NBC mm-hmm. News on NBC, and then you watch it on Roku, uh-huh. it's a different version. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I, I just figured this out because I had a TV on. That had Fox on and it had Roku Fox on. They're playing something different, but I I noticed that I like the Roku's NBC News, but if I watch NBC on the regular TV, I hate it. Oh really? Yeah, because they well, show why like is it different. They, well, they show like the world in pictures. It's like a ten minute thing of of pictures of the world, and it's great. And they show it's not all negativity. Oh well, that I could use that. Yeah, it's it's actually really nice. It's it has pleasant stuff on it. No, Andy and Alex, being thirty, almost thirty-one now. Alex, almost. Yeah. About uh, thirty and thirty-three. Do you see nothing but negativity out of the media now? Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, pay I attention don't. To it. I don't consume the media because it's all just negative garbage. So, but don't they realize what they're doing, driving the two of you away? A 33-year-old man and a 30-year-old woman who make pretty good money, can afford to buy pretty much anything, and they don't give a rat's ass about you? That's not good. They don't care. they got I don't, plenty of people. Oh, they're going to go under. I don't get it. I don't get what they're thinking. I don't thinking. either. I don't see how you're gonna you keep you stay alive. How are you gonna stay above, keep your head above water if you don't appeal to the people who want to buy things and have the money to do it? Because people who have no money still buy things. They just buy it on credit. Oh, so we can all go under together. Pretty much. Ah, great. Uh, we got to take a break here, don't we? Yes. We shall be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 
30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Oh, Andy, you're my hero. I love Bob Dylan. Love Bob Dylan. Come on, baby. No time through the bundle dime in your prime. I wonder what his daily day is. You wonder what his day is. I don't know, sitting around on a park bench. Yeah. No, he owns like a bunch of land. I don't know. What's his daily day like? What's he do? If I were him, I would just like, you know, go to places and. There was a docu- Bob Dylan there was in a the documentary. World. It was called A Day in the Life of a Rolling Stone, and it's gone. I can't find it anywhere. And mm. it was it was mm. following it was following uh, Mick Jagger, mm. and they uh, he lands his helicopter on his private yacht in the Mediterranean Sea to have lunch. God, and it was pretty over the top. Yeah, it was pretty over the top. Yeah, but Bob Dylan's the opposite. He's like. I don't want to. Oh, are you okay, Alex? You gonna make it? I woke up seventy-five thousand times last night, so no. Yeah, me too. No, you did. Um, yeah, the children were up a lot last night for some reason. I, don't I know woke why. up a lot too. I'm having donkey problems, mule problems. Donkey problems. I, I got a, one mule that just keeps jumping the fence, man. Uh-oh. Oh yeah, that's not good. No, that's not good. I can't sleep at night thinking he jumped the fence. Yeah, it might get hit. And yeah, mm. we had a donkey, okay. but he never jumped the fence. We had a pony that jumped the fence a lot, though. He would always yes. drink out of the neighbor's bird mouth. It'll happen. You know <laughs> what I mean? Okay, uh, this is not a political statement whatsoever, but it is a, a game show, and I want Andy and Alex and LA Nick to play it. Okay. 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 Nancy Pelosi has named her special prosecutors for the Trump trial. In the Senate. She's named the special prosecutors. You might be stunned at who she named. Who are the two people she named as prosecutors for the Trump trial? How the hell? I would have absolutely no idea who any of them are. Good start. Jerry Nadler's one of them. And maybe... And who's the second one? I'm going to guess Gary Schiff. Adam Schiff. You're absolutely right. It's Schiff Schiff. and Nadler. How to... She really jumped outside the boundaries to name those two guys. (laughs) 
This is such a farce across all politics. Can anyone, can anyone on either anywhere in the world trust that shift guy? I mean, oh, I, God, I, no. How's it possible? The guy's so shifty, man. He really is. Look, and I, this is not an anti-Democrat. It's not an anti-Republican. It's not anti-right. It's not anti-left. It's just you're all scamming us and pissing away our money. Would you stop? No, I think that guy's just whacked. He's whacked. Oh, he's nuts. He is nuts. <laughs> Got his underwear pulled up his ass in high school, so we all have to pay. <laughs> It's what it is. I guarantee you that's what it is. So, yeah, Schiff and Natalie, that was hard for you to guess those, L.A. That was really hard on you. Well, I'm up on these these topics, so. Uh, here's some news you might not want to hear, maybe. Uh, next 24 hours, what's going to happen in the Twin Cities? A lot snow of storm? snow. Eight to 12 inches of snow. Oh, well. In wow. when? When is uh, this? When? It starts Friday morning. Yeah, it's going to snow oh, from starts, Friday yeah. 7 a.m. Till, su- till Saturday 7 a.m. Yeah. There's well, supposed to be oh, tons of snow. Yeah. It could be up Eight to, to 20. 12 inches. It, I said it could possibly oh. be up to 24. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Stay inside. Well, it's snowing right now, you know. It is. It is indeed. It was it's, it was snowing like mad this morning up in uh, northern Minnesota. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, at it wasn't all, snowing at all, and I came inside, and then Ellie and Nick was like, "It's really coming down." I'm like, "I was in the parking lot three minutes ago, and it wasn't snowing at all." Three minutes ago. Well, yeah. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when we said how everything is fixed now? Oh, it's all fixed. And people go, oh, it's all fixed. Everything is fixed. There's no question everything is fixed. You want some uh, more more proof of that? Why not? Sure. Comcast has agreed to $1.4 million in refunds for deceptive practices. <laughs> everything is a scam now. Everything is fixed and everything is a scam. We pay Comcast, what, over $1,000 a month for all our different things don't we Catherine? Oh, yeah well, i mean you excessive. add in all the kq stuff yeah thousand bucks a month oh, yeah, to comcast that's ridiculous that's crazy i know it's insane and now and i wonder if i get any of the money do you think why not? Why don't I get any of the do re mi? Well, That's isn't what I'd Comcast like. Comcast continuously voted one of the most hated companies? I guess so, yeah. I was looking I at my bills true. last night and uh, at the because I, I had some bills that I just like, how is this possible? So I was looking at the, how they itemize everything. Uh, 90% of the stuff, you don't even know what it is. Like, there's charges yeah. no, on no, there right. that you, that you don't even know what that means. Mm. You are absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. The gas company charges you a delivery charge. 80 bucks a month. <laughs> 80 bucks a month for delivery? natural gas that comes out of the freaking ground. How are they delivering? <laughs> what? How, how did they charge me 80 bucks a month delivery charge? The that house is. is 80 bucks a month and the barn's 20 bucks a month for delivery charge. What? what? To send gas to a pipe. Uh, yeah, oh, it's God. fact. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Really? Unbelievable. And then the second biggest tax is Minnesota state tax on my gas and electricity. And now... You know, the, the city charges you, the county charges you an electric tax. The city charges you an electric tax. They just passed that in my city. And then the state charges you an electrical tax. That comes up, and just for electricity, that comes up to 70 bucks a month and just in taxes on your electric Unbelievable. Jeez. All right. Well, oh, I, you know what? I got to take this call. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll be back. Dear. Talk amongst A ourselves. A delivery charge for natural gas yeah, coming out of the ground. Really weird. 
Well, that's what everything is. I mean, there's not a bill that you you get that doesn't have all kinds of odd little surcharges and uh, oh, fees. Yeah. And I, remember, like, I didn't know what even taxes. half of them even meant. I'm like, what does this even mean? It's like three initials, like GBH. Don't know what that is, but it's $16 a month. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Oh, I know. That's like the first time I stayed at a hotel in Chicago and I saw the bill. I was like, what? Because the room is like, you know, $120 a night, whatever. And then it's like, you know. $400 a night after taxes. Yeah. It's like twice the amount because of city tax, state tax, convenience fees, blah, 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 blah. It's like. What? Well, it's the is same happening? with it's the same with gasoline. Our gasoline is re- literally only like fifty cents a gallon in Minnesota. That's crazy. You're paying what? two. Yeah, you're paying two forty because of all the charges on top for of it for delivery. There's all these charges, <laughs> but it's actually only fifty some cents a gallon. Aye. Well, it's like anything. How can they do? It's that? It's always a huge markup Everybody's on everything. Everybody's got their hand out. Yeah, like it costs me fifteen cents, but it costs you four dollars. Well, I would just like to know how all of that stuff gets just automatically tacked on without – nobody's voting for that. Nobody's informed. It's just all of a sudden there's all these taxes. Yeah. City Council just passed it in, in Dayton that we have to pay a dollar, a dollar a month for having electricity. What? For having electricity. Yeah. What? Why? What does this? What does the city have to do with electricity? Nothing. But I, when after I looked at my bill, I saw the dollar charge for Dayton. Then I saw a twelve dollar charge for Hennepin County, and I saw a thirty eight dollar charge for the state of Minnesota. What does any of them have to do with any of it? Dear God. Well, you know, my my father used to just call on all of that stuff and say, "Hey, I want to know what this fee is. I think there's a mistake on my bill." And they would say. Uh, what do you mean? He'd say, "Look at this! Look at this bill! I've got all these weird charges yeah, on like here." Like a hospital bill, he'd like go and like call and dispute. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they would take them off. Well, They'd be I, like, "We don't know what that is. I'm going to take it off for I you." I did call Excel <laughs> Energy, and they they go, "Well, do you want us to send an assessor out to see what's using power?" Because I said, "This yeah, my neighbor. To pay said, None of that. my neighbors have a bill like this. They don't." I asked all my neighbors. Energy audits are a good so idea. So they send that. Oh yeah, that's not a good idea. No. So they said, "You want to? You want to edit an uh, energy auditor?" It's like, yeah. They go, "Well, it's gonna char- it's gonna cost you sixty nine dollars to have one come out." It's like that's fine. The guy comes out. He goes through the whole property and he goes, "There's nothing here that should be costing you that much money." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like there so might I, be a short so somewhere. Said, well, what's well, find it? They go, nope. It's it's your it's they replaced both my meters. They go, no, you're using that much electricity. Mm. But I don't know where that electricity is being used. If uh, there's a short in like an underground power line or something like that, that's their problem. Well, they should they should figure that, that, see, that out. Doesn't, that doesn't make it to the meter though. Well, I mean, like in your property, like you know, something. Some of the like power lines, like. Uh, there are buried power lines going out to the backyard, aren't there? The whole property's buried. Yeah. So, you know, if there's a short somewhere, you know, like a a gopher chewed it and made a short, now the circuit is just constantly open well, and it's we constantly Well, we did a power. circuit breaker check where they turn off all the circuit breakers and the meter stops. Yeah. So there's nothing using power. 
But yeah. I do have, in the wintertime, I get hit hard because I have three water chop heaters for the horses. Yep. They cost yeah. 100 bucks a month to run those. Water is very difficult yeah. to keep. It's 100 bucks a month. It says it right on the box to how many kilowatts mm-hmm. it uses. So that's 100 bucks a month. Back in that little sunroom, I have a little spa- uh, one of those little radiator space heaters. Mm-hmm. That's probably 80 bucks a month. Yeah, those things, they draw like 800 watts. So, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, so it all adds up. Yeah, and then Nancy takes fifteen hot baths a day. So fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's ridiculous. It's all Nancy's fault. No, it's ridiculous. Uh, she wakes me up. I woke up. Get woken up last night, two thirty in the morning. She's in the tub. It's, she, she likes that tub. She was in the tub at eight o'clock at night. She gets it in the tub every. She, I'm cold. I'm getting the tub. She's in that tub more. She's out of the tub. Why is she so cold? What are you keeping the temperature at? It's seventy three degrees in that house. Oh God, it's pretty warm. So, Way too hot. Why is she so cold? It happened. Get her when, a heated blanket. It happened when she was a videographer for Gander Mountain, and they she went to shoot grizzly bears in Kodiak Island, and they like dropped her off in a helicopter, and they gave her a little boat and a dog, and she was right, running this boat up the coast of Alaska, shooting pictures of, and video of grizzly bears, and. Somehow they were supposed to pick her up on one day and they didn't. And she was stuck out there and the boat died in the water. And she had to pull the dog because it was like a puppy instead of a dog. <laughs> she had to wade in the water and pull this boat to shore. Oh. And she was out there for an extra like two days and she just almost froze to death. And ever since then, she's been called. Yeah, she probably has like some sort of nerve her. damage or something yeah. from the and then cold. She, and she quit. Well, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> she has PTSD. I think she could sue yeah. them for, you know. Well, they're yeah. out of business, Gander Mountain. Yeah, now it's Gander Outdoors. She shot all oh. the all the na- natural nature videos for Gander Mountain. Huh. I didn't know Gander Mountain was dead. Yep. Yeah. It was about, about by, it was like Gander Mountain and <coughs> something outdoors. The guy from like, the Shark Tank bought it, uh, and then it crashed and burned. Oh, yeah. He gutted it for the profit. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, now it's Gander Outdoors or Gan it just says like Gander. No, we have one by our Gander, cost. Yeah. There's not many left though. It's technically Gander Outdoors, but the biggest yeah. word is just Gander. I don't think there's many left though. Is that, there's one by our Costco in Eden Prairie. Is that the uh I remember in Dayton an outdoor Cabela's. store. That was Cabela's. I remember that was a huge deal. I don't understand how Cabela's I don't doesn't the, the the business plan doesn't make sense to me. The buildings are so massive. They're, they're huge. Enormous. And they're I mean, filled with taxidermy animals. They're so are. big that I, I don't know. It has well, you should have heard millions. when when oh Cabela's God. opened in Dayton. This, it was like this is probably twenty years well, ago. It was the greatest Rogers, thing that's well, ever. Yeah. Whatever. Same thing. But everyone was just like it it's was the biggest thing that anybody yeah, it was has like ever been Jesus involved. had come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's, it's packed all every day. Oh yeah. Apparently they have a really good Santa, and there's never a line. Really? That is what I've heard about. Cabela's. So you know, if once you get off where you used to get off to go to your guy's house, yeah, there was Broadway Pizza there. Mm-hmm. So that is now going to be a uh, quick trip. Mm. The Broadway Pizzas. Yep. Which used to be. Outdoor cafe or whatever it was called, and then it was a it was yeah. a, it was a banquet hall before that. Nature's Hideaway. Nature's Hideaway. Nature's Hideaway. Yeah, it used to be Nature's it's gonna Hideaway. It's going to be a quick trip. There's okay. going to be an apartment complex that goes all the way to the high school, and Broadway Pizza. Oh. Oh, so all that. The whole corner's gone. Really? Well, With like the mini gone. golf and everything? Is no, that that's the other gone? side. That's been yeah. abandoned for years. Oh, you mean you mean for the um, the junior high? Goes to the junior high. Yes, the okay. junior high. Oh, mini yeah. golf play family fun zone or whatever. That's, that's been closed. No, Fun City. There. That's Otsego. Oh, okay. that was up in Otsego. Yeah. yeah, I remember we used to go there all the time. Oh yeah, 
and that's been closed. Now it's a that's where my um, high school reunion was. But development, yeah. but it's not there anymore. Develop, Fun City closed. Development oh. up there is out, off the chain. It's like going crazy. Like really? they're building something on every square foot. Well, it was being even when we were still in high school, there was a lot of development happening. Well, what was happening is is Atsigo and. Rogers, they were developing like crazy during the boom yeah. because they put in sewer and water. And Dayton in that northwest corner was refusing yeah, all it. development. They fought everything. They they fought it so badly. There was a city council wanted to put in um, sewer. And the, the city of Dayton was like, no, 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 we don't want it. And we said, And they said, well, no, we, we want to just put it in and you can just connect whenever you need it because we've got money available. Dayton, nope, 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 don't want it, don't want it, don't bring and it up here. now they have the most, <laughs> the, the most, the number one in the state of Minnesota for new house buildings. 4,200 new homes going up in Dayton this year. Really? Yeah, yep. 4,200. Oh, God, that's, ugh. 4,200. Well, sometimes, sometimes on a Friday, I can't pull out of the driveway and make a left. Really? Cars really? are backed up past past oh me like by a quarter mile. Uh, and I well, turn that, right. that was, yeah, that's but, because when they redid 101, everybody figured out that that was a cutoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Brockton's getting its own yeah. exit off 94, so it's going to be even worse. Oh, really? Ugh. Well, you're going to have to go over there and get some of those roundabouts put in so nobody wants to use the road. Yeah, good luck. I've been trying yeah. to get the county to give me caution horse signs. <laughs> good luck with that, You man. just put them up. <laughs> I, don't think you're, they, I don't think they'll let you. I think they'd yeah. take them down. Whatever. They're not going to take would them down. They? they don't care. I think they probably would out if they would be on the other side of the fence. And if I put them in the pasture, it would be different, but nobody would see them. Yeah, nobody would see it. Let's put some of those stop sticks that the cops use. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Put a bunch of nails in the road all the time. Because People once they get flat right, tires I mean, a bunch, you have they'll Dar- just stop coming yeah. there. You have Daryl the horse vet right across the street from me. And between him and me, you know, we have a lot of horses. And we're, we're always in, near the road or on the road. His daughters are always riding horses up the road. And people are now, it's it's a small road. And they, the speed limits are already ride 55. on that road? Yeah, why would you ride? I would that? never ride, no. ride on that road. Mm-hmm. I well, would be I, taking even when my I horses lived, in yeah. a trailer to the park. There's no way I would ride a horse on Brockton Lane. Yeah, not well, even when we not live ride, but they walk. They do walk him up there. Oh, okay. Do not his daughters ride. live with him? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Well, we have to take a break because we have a guest coming up. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, let's do that. Tom then. comes back. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wherever the hell he is. Well, yeah, yeah well, he'll figure it we'll out. We'll see. Yeah. Either way. Okay. Break okay. We'll be back after these messages. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's Resolution Sale. 
Do what I did and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. With the help of Ultimate, I lost 41 pounds and another 42 pounds in each of my two 40-day programs. Debbie P. from Anoka lost 31 pounds in 43 days. Cheryl S. of Webster lost 36 pounds in 43 days. And Ron D. from Lakeville lost 57 pounds in just 43 days. Live your healthiest life starting today. Schedule an immediate consultation and receive 20 to 30% off all programs for a limited time. Call Ultimate, powered by Nutramost. 763-333-7337. Welcome back to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom's out there screaming at somebody on the telephone. So we will just carry on without him. Because I don't even want him around after yelling at somebody. Well, we don't need him because we have Dr. Venus Nicolino. Dr. Hello? V, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Dr. V, right here. Um, hi, somebody, hi, hi, Dr. V. This is Catherine. Having an, an anger management problem? <laughs> well, yeah, oh, and, yes. I, and as soon as he comes back, you can use your shrink advice for him because he needs it. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. V is with us uh, promoting her book, Bad Advice, How to Survive and Thrive in an Age of Bullshit. Yes, sick. Queen. So what sick, are the rules sick. of this show? Are we allowed to curse or no? Yeah, you can you can go crazy. <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe not. Yeah, thank right. God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't say that to a shrink. Sorry. Wrong <laughs> wrong choice of words. Sorry. <laughs> Over motivational messages, sick as fuck as of inspirational quotes done with the shiny happy bad advice that gets you nowhere well heads up you're about to get a shitload of good advice from dr v wow you're a no bs kind of lady i like it well i mean some people like it some people don't i can't make everybody i do no (laughs) no you cannot that's very true. What are you, what is your, um, you're saying, let's see, you're the, oh, okay, you've got a doting account. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just jumping into this, like, on and my cell phone. Missing, it's so. kind of, yeah, he, he should be back here pretty soon, but sorry. Um, so you've got a fiercely sharp wake-up call to tackle some of self-help's most damaging truisms, such as, Dr. V. Well, I mean, there's so many things that we talk about every day and like theories matter so for example um we once believed that the world was flat and we revolved our days around a flat world we once believed that bloodletting was healthy we once believed that lobotomies were the way to go um and so now with um uh with social media and instagram and facebook we we pass along theories um such as you can't love anyone until you love yourself, or expectations lead to disappointment, or nobody can make you feel bad without your permission. You know, we see these things written on a solitary lighthouse with a bird flying across it, <laughs> and we share um, these, these what would seem to be um, helpful theories. And so uh-huh. I collected about eight of them. Uh, well, I've collected way more, like probably 50 of them, and then kind of nail it down to eight, and really wanted to see, is this scientifically and biologically true? Are these things um, rooted in science, 
and uh, biology, or are they just fluffy nonsense to help us feel good momentarily? And so that's what the book yeah. really tackles. It really tackles um, how we're viewing our world currently and how pop psychology has um, helped us view our world and are the things that go through pop psychology uh, through that machine, are they true and are they real? So that's what the book is really about. Um, so it's fun. It's, uh, it's an easy read. Uh, I think that people learn better or they're, they're more willing to take in negative information about themselves or about others if they're laughing. Um, so I made sure that it was funny and, and lighthearted. Um, and my hope of the book um, is to slightly change and very, very slightly change the way we view the world, to question um, things that are said to us, to question so-called good advice, um, to really trust our own instincts to what is real and what is true for you as an individual. Instead of like a poster that has a kitten hanging from a flower with a little slogan of what a therapist might say say, of what an expert might say of what your friend might say your mother might say um really kind of question what people tell you to do in moments when you are needing to cope um and perhaps in moments when your coping skills are down um you know do like do these phrases make sense? Are they helpful? Um, do they help? Like, do they help us live our lives? And if they're unhelpful, what would be helpful in situations when our coping skills are down? Well, you as a educated, psychologically savvy human being, <laughs> did you ever buy into all of the pop? No. I'll tell you, I have nope. <laughs> a, a master's degree in counseling psychology, a master's degree in clinical psychology, and a PhD in clinical psychology. And I remember um, very distinctly um, sitting in some of my classes and being like, wow, what a bunch of bullshit. That's what I see. That's what I see. It's true. It is true. Therapy That's was very funny. Upon, uh, therapy was built upon... Um, the, the privileged uh, white Europeans. So this idea, this narcissistic idea that you could sit in a room and talk about your problems and that the person in front of you, the psychologist or the therapist, would be this tabla rasa that has no worldview, no opinion, um, is a, a completely blank slate for you to just talk at, is completely nonsense in the year 2020. It doesn't work. I agree. So... I think, you know, in my studies, as I sat there and listened to the, this bullshit, I was like, wow, like, there's, there's got to be something other than this to be able to And what I have found that is incredibly helpful to people um, is sharing your worldview, of course, asking the questions, of course, being there in an empathic way. But... The world doesn't need more psychologists or more therapists. We need more community. We need a community centered around the healthfulness of people, and we need good friends. So that's where I think the disintegration of um, happy communities is, is, is coming from. 
I'm guessing other psychologists or relationship experts wouldn't agree with you, maybe. And I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> I don't care. I like this woman. That's wonderful. Dr. V, meet uh, Tom Bernard, host oh, of the I, Tom I'm Bernard podcast. Back. Like, you were, like, screaming at people, I heard. Like, what's going on, Yes, man? screaming on the phone. I was not screaming at people. I was checking on the well-being of a friend of mine. That's I wasn't screaming at anyone. true at all. It is true. Aww. I will tell you this, though, <laughs> Dr. V. <laughs> How are you? I, I was not... Wellness of a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you know know Tom Bernard, right? All right. Well, let me give you an example of how I feel about everything, because what I'd like to do is borrow from your book descriptor a line uh, for an inspirational quote from me. You ready for my the lift I'm going to do from from your descriptor and use it for the rest of my life? You ready? Go for it. My new inspirational quote I'm going to go by is sick AF of inspirational quotes. There, that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah. I just said it. I just said as fuck. It's okay. No, you said as fuck. I just said it. Sick as fuck of inspirational quotes. There you go. I I like that even better, actually, to tell you the truth. I'm only a co-host. What do I know? I can swear. No, that's good. I I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. I I just, you know what? And you got some stuff in here. When you're heartbroken, what do you hear? You can't love anyone until you love yourself. Nobody can make you feel bad without your permission. Yeah, a lot of people make me feel really bad without my permission. That's why I'd like to choke them out, Dr. (laughs) B. <laughs> well, I mean, it's tra- I mean, think about this. When was the last time you gave someone permission to help you feel bad? When when right. did that ever happen? It never right, happened. Never. And it implies, no. Tom, that we give permission to people to help us feel good too. And that just isn't true. We are human beings. We exchange chemicals with one another all day long. We're loving people all day long We're, because that's what humans do. And your love, yourself, doesn't give two shits about how you feel about you. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> so to put those two together is absolutely insane. You can't love anybody until you love yourself. So you're loving people all day long and yourself doesn't care. It also implies a sequence of offense. First, I love me. Then I love you. And that's just not how love is created. It isn't a sequence of events. So I, I had a lot of fun with, with really sifting through the science and talking to uh, the, the latest and greatest experts um, in relationships and love and biology and how the brain works and um, really got to a lot of really good, interesting stuff that has to do with some of these Sick as fuck, or sorry, sick AF quotes. <laughs> no, sick as fuck is good. That's good. <laughs> sorry, I curse like a Philly truck driver. I'm from Philly, so Nothing I'm trying to that. keep it, you know, at a, at, a, at a minimum for you guys. No, it works perfectly see, for see, me. We can handle see it. How, see how real Philly people are? Yes, that's exactly right. L.A. Nick from Philadelphia himself, as a matter of fact. Yep. That's all we know. South Philly. I oh, love the name. A Philly guy? Yes, yeah, South Philly. Yes, South Philly. My, my, nie- is- <laughs> my, niece Amber, my niece Amber runs the Italian market in South Philly. So if you ever go in, down the, the Italian market, stop in the merchandise store and ask for Amber. That's my niece. I'm, I am looking for Amber. Like, she's She'll my girl. She'll hook you up, she's man. She, me all the in the world she will hook delicious. you up. She just, she just <laughs> sent me to, to a bunch of Philly gear. I'm wearing a Philly, Philly hat right now. 
Yes, yo, Philly in the house. Wow. Okay, Doctor V. Now you've ruined the rest of my week. Philly, for the for the Philly men. There you go. Philly, Philly people are the nicest assholes in the world. Oh my God, that's what I say. They are the like they would take their shirt off their back for you. They will. They really would. I tell people all the time. So I I live I moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and everybody's all these are the nicest people in the world. I'm like, no, they're not. They're they're nice behind (laughs) your. They're they're nice till you walk away. In Philly, they're a jerk to your face. But if a tree or a train was going to hit you, they would save your life. In Minneapolis, they'd watch you get hit. (laughs) And then turn and then turn away and and say they didn't hear see anything. But you know, that is very true. I always say this, that Philly are that they are. They're the nicest assholes in the world. Like, they would give their shirt <laughs> off their back for you, and but they're miserable. They're just miserable. Truly, I mean, my true. parents are like that. <laughs> That's real nice. My parents Real are nice. That's just the way it is, isn't that just wonderful? That see, that is that's absolutely fantastic. I love this whole conversation. You know, I, I, I'm awesome. checking on a friend of mine, and the, the, I got I'd gotten a call from the uh, company, and and I come back, and I go, God, wh- why did I miss people going? They're the biggest, nicest assholes in the world. I love that kind of thing. That's exactly checking right. On your friend, air quotes. We got you, oh, yeah, Doctor yeah. V. I got to tell you something. It just happened to me yesterday, and I never knew this. I worked with a guy many, many years ago, and he's been gone years now. But but we were everything was really great. And then all of a sudden, he just couldn't stand to be near me. He couldn't stand to be around me at all. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really under. What's the problem here? And I finally found out years later that he was really uncomfortable because I wouldn't hide my feelings. Isn't that weird? You couldn't hide your feelings if you wanted to. Yeah, no, if, even if I no, wanted to, Dr. Yeah, me, I couldn't hide my feelings. It's not possible. But it made him. Here's, <laughs> here's an example of what I'm saying. He said to me, and I was just joking around. He, st- he says to me one day, you know, I wish my wife and I had a healthier, uh, healthier sex life. And I said, maybe it's because of your horseshit personality. And I was just kidding, but he took it seriously and got really mad at me. You know what, Tom? So like, come on. That's you know what, Tom? a nice way of saying, you know, it's got really uncomfortable that, like, you know, you can't really hold your, you know, feelings in. It was, that's his nice way of saying, you, you're just an asshole. That's really what <laughs> saying. Okay, well, that's good. And you have no filter. Yep. But that's after, after yep. Getting, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's saying No, that. no, I know. After no, exactly. getting to know you, exactly Tom, right. you are very Philly. You are. You're, you're, you would fit in perfect in oh, Philly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I am much more, because I'm an inner city guy, I'm much more like, yeah, that's very, very, well, somebody did point out to me the other day, it might have been Michael Bryant, uh, who's from Boston, or it might have been Doug Sprinthal, who's from Rhode Island, but they said, have you ever noticed that 90% of your friends aren't from here? <laughs> no, I never noticed that. You're like but I have some great friends. the whole town. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy, yeah. take a joke Should for Christ's sake, that? right? <laughs> Well, I will oh, say God. this. I, I always say this because I'm I'm very similar. I'm not as harsh, um, Tom. But um, I will say that you know, at some point in your life, you begin to alienate all the right people. And I started yeah, yeah, yep. at a very yep. young age. I was kicked out of Catholic school in first grade, so I started out really on the right foot of alienating all the right people. 
<laughs> I think it's wonderful. I think it's that. That's you great. need to come back so I can do, we can do an entire segment together. I'd love to do that. Oh, my God. It would be so fun. I thought that was what we were doing now. <laughs> well, we spoke. Look, a friend of mine just had had some surgery, and I wanted to make sure they were all right. Why were you yelling? I was not yelling. Swore yeah, at why were you yelling, Tom? Huh? Yeah. Don't try to pull I was up. A, I wasn't yelling, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm yelling. Oh, God. All right, Dr. V, you got to come back. Dr. Venus Nicolino, the book, Bad Advice, How to Survive and Thrive in an Age of Bullshit. It is my kind of book. Just the title alone yes. makes my heart feel glad. Yeah. That's what we all I want. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. V. Have a wonderful Thank day. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are great. Bye, yo, Philly. We'll Thank talk you. to you soon. Bye. Did she just call you Little Philly? South Philly. South Philly. South Philly. Shit, I was hoping she'd say Little Philly. Oh, my gosh. She was hilarious. She yeah. was great. She you got to have her back I on. I love that. Definitely. All right. That's everything, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we're sorry. done. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. Bye-bye.